Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. I had done this entire podcast, uh, I think it was yesterday, and I ended up um, deleting it, (laughs) the entire episode, uh, before I even published it. Yesterday I had the opportunity to, I was on an airplane, a couple of airplanes, and I had the opportunity to listen to some of my own material, which I, I admit has a lot of, of too much potatoes and not maybe enough meat. <laughs> maybe I need to make them shorter and get to the point a little bit more. But, but honestly, a lot of times I don't even know what the point is. Like I just have some impression and then I just go off and start go off on a journey and and um and I appreciate some of you seem to enjoy this um but anyway so <laughs> I've done this podcast about I, I don't know how many of you know this but I'm assuming that the people who follow my podcast follow my my YouTube station but maybe not but some about two and a half years ago, I took a Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So this is like a really weird story. Um, I, I was, at the time, I was a really pretty steady follower of, of London Real, uh, um, Brian Rose of London Real. I, I, I watched him and listened to him every day, um, for a very long, for, I don't know, I can't say a very long time, but I would say probably about, um, into COVID, um, because during COVID I found his material like really useful for me because I was really in agreement that I just didn't know what was going on in the world. I just was like, what is happening? I'd never seen anything like it in my lifetime and neither had my mother and my mother had been around longer than I was. And, and people just sucked it up and just believed it. Believed they just believed what was told to them. And I was, I was astounded by the amount of people that would actually just follow just blindly when some um, leadership just told them to do something. You know, you just have to do this. And I, I don't understand, like, why, you know, we wouldn't ask the question, why? And, and, and question the, the government agencies with, you know, the CDC. I'm not even sure what the CDC is, but <laughs> um, I, I, I just was astounded that people, like, just wouldn't think, like, they just did it, you know, and it was wild. 
it was wild. And it's not that I like don't believe that there was any virus, and it's not that I don't believe that perhaps um, masks helped. And I was willing to wear my mask at work and in different scenarios. I mean, I didn't. I don't care. Um, it was more so this the vaccine that really was the kicker for me. I, I. And so I was. I was listening to him during COVID a bit as much as I could because um, at that point I had I wasn't in a position to just but anyway so one day while I was I, I had I'd taken this job in Phoenix which is about a hundred miles from where I live and I I was going to be working there for like days a week. So I decided to, to get an Airbnb and I had this Airbnb that I actually loved because the guy had a swimming pool. It was just like, Oh my God, he's got a swimming pool. I, I need to, um, I like this place. But anyway, so he, he cut a deal with me that I could stay in his office for $25 a day. So I was really pleased with that. And I ended up doing that. Okay. So one day I'm driving home, I'm working and I'm driving home and there, the episode was why everyone should learn Brazilian jujitsu. Okay. So within, I tended to exaggerate if you want to know. And so I, I'm going to try to be, I don't know, maybe an hour. Uh, he, I see a sign that's within, I don't know, I want to say a ninth of a mile from the Airbnb that says Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It was so weird. I mean, it really was. It was bizarre. So the first time I see this place, I decide I'm not going to, I'm not going to go in, but, uh, then I, I changed my mind. Well, no, actually later I was taking a walk and I just have, I went over there and there were all these families and everything. And, and this young man graciously came out and talked to me and he said, well, come tomorrow. And so I did, I, I went promptly went home, went to sleep cause I had to get up early and I went to an early five o'clock session of Brazilian jiu-jitsu with like police officers. And I think he, he wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to get hurt. I think that was a really big, uh, and so he paired me up with somebody who wasn't going to hurt me and had the, you know, had the strength, had the, um, I don't know, that he felt that group of people would not hurt me. And he didn't know about other groups of people. So <clears throat> I, I did that morning and I just, I loved it. I loved it. I ended up signing up and I, I was doing jujitsu about four to five days a week. And the other thing that was like really cool about this particular jujitsu gym was that it was paired up with one where I live, which was weird. I mean, isn't that weird? You know, 
that's kind of the way life actually goes. We don't realize it, but that's actually how life goes. <clears throat> and so I go into the the one in where I live and so basically what's happening is I'm going to two different gyms at the same, you know, one there, one there and anyway. <clears throat> so jujitsu was a really weird thing for me because it, it I never I wasn't learning it. It wasn't like a, a skill set that I was in any way, shape, or form prepared to, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't. I, I, I just, <clears throat> it was weird for me. And, and I, but I really liked it, and I really wanted to learn it. <clears throat> And so I used to go to the, to the Saturday um, mat time. I don't remember what it's called right now. I, I really can't remember. Open, open mat, I think it was called. So I go to the, oh, night. I really got to add this in. The, the coach that I, that I had in where I live, I have never like seeing anything like him like you know I, I just like he had this like like precision with which he moved and every once in a while he would roll with me and and he was like he was incredibly careful with me because I knew he didn't want to hurt me you know partly because they didn't want the liability of hurting me but although I probably signed some kind of waiver, but this guy was like, like I called him like a ballerina. Like he, like not, not, not that he was in any way, shape or form, like feminine. Cause he wasn't, but like he, he had such an elegance to his moves that I just, I was blown away by that, him. I'm assuming that he was a black belt. I, I think that he was, or he was nearing that. But this was a guy that actually did tournaments. <clears throat> so I'm at this open mat, and there are people there that just came for the day. I think they may have been in recovery. The town that I live in has one of the highest recovery centers in the, I think, in the entire country, but I could be wrong. But whatever. So they, they, you know, walked over and then walked back and they were young. I mean, these were like men that could have been my children, you know, most of them, if not all of them. So, um, so I'm rolling with these people and all of a sudden coach gets really like, like, he admonished me. I mean, just like almost to the point of humiliation. I mean, he admonished me and he, he looked at me and he said, he basically said, don't do anything basically that they're telling you to do. Like he didn't word it that way, but he said, only stay with this particular skill. 
I want you to only focus on this skill because every single jujitsu move has like a, it's like a skill and they all have names to them. And I, I, I just couldn't quite get all of that in my brain. It never became like, like seamless for me or flawless or like second nature. Never. The whole time I was doing uh, jujitsu. But so I, I ended, I was sitting on this side of the mat and I was saying, okay, so what do you do? What am I going to do here? Am I going to just leave? Am I going to like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And what came to mind at the time was that he was trying to protect me. And I, I think I apologized and I, I didn't leave and I, I stayed the course. <clears throat> so I continue doing jiu-jitsu with fervor. I mean, I'm going four to five days a week um, between these two gyms. So, um, so what ends up happening is that my car breaks down in Phoenix, which is 100 miles away from where I live. And so it, I, and then I had to have it towed to like another, another um, shop. And so I didn't have a car. I had been renting cars to have a car, but it was a weekend. And so I was going to take lifts. And, but anyway, so it was an open mat and I decided that I wanted to go. I'm like, I want to go to this open mat. So I walked. And I'm not in my I'm not in my gi. I'm just walking down the street with a bag with my gi, and I'm it's three miles away, at least. I don't I'm not sure exactly how many miles, but it's at least three miles away. So I'm walking there, and I I arrive a little bit late. I go into the bathroom and I change into my gi, and I had forgotten my flip flops. I had just forgotten them. I, I don't know how that happened or I or I just didn't think of it. I, I don't know what happened, but I didn't have my flip-flops. And I go to get on the mat and the that particular coach was not there that day. And this person who had who had assigned himself leadership, which maybe not assigned himself, maybe coach made sure that this guy was there for open mat and I knew who he was I had seen him before and he 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 like really quite aggressively like like admonished me like um I don't know how to describe it other than that like for getting on the gi I mean on the mat without I I, I didn't have my like, I couldn't get on with dirty feet. He was just, it was like, you know, oh, you just, oh. And and he was, um, and I'm standing there, and he, and, and, and I got to give you a picture. This guy is probably a foot taller than me at the least. And he's, like, whiter than me. He's stronger than me. And he's wearing a math, mouth guard. And he's yelling at me kind of with a mouth guard and all eyes are on me. And there were like, I think like either, I think there were six people and they were all rolling. So I would have just been a seventh wheel anyway, but 
What he ended up doing was looking for something to clean my feet. He ended up, and then he did something that just blew my mind. He couldn't find anything, so he cleans my feet with the like disinfectant wipes that you would like use on like a table or something. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm weird about this stuff. I admit it. I am weird. Like, I am weird about cleaners. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I don't even have in my house. Like, like I, you know, and your feet, when you put something on your feet, it just, like, goes all the way up into your bloodstream. I'm just like, you know, so in my mind, this guy has poisoned me. You know, like, I'm not saying that's true, but, like, my miss. So by now, and I'm sitting there and I am so uncomfortable. I am outed and I feel so uncomfortable that I ended up leaving. So I go in the bathroom, I get dressed and the guy says to me, oh, so you're leaving? And I said, yeah, I can't, I can't do this today. I just can't. And, and he kind of acted as though I was, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, for some reason, the word, I, I, I can't even say it. I, uh, I, I guess I'll use the word like a wuss, like I was like a wuss or something. And, and I, and I did, I let him know, I said, you know, I walked three miles to get here, you know, and I called before I called to let them know I was going to be late. So I walk home and, um, and I didn't call anyone at this point about these two incidences that I had had that were just in my perception. You know, this is just the way I'm perceiving things. I'm not saying, I'm not putting any, necessarily any judgment on it. I just, um, I'm getting uncomfortable with the amount that I am just being full on admonished by these people at this gym. And it wasn't the same over at the gym in Phoenix. It just wasn't. Well, okay. So here was the last straw. And this is weird. I can't come up with this stuff. <laughs> so I had gone to somebody's house my daughter and I had gone to visit some people and she it was sometime around Christmas and she was making eggnog martinis so the next thing you know these three women are pretty intoxicated okay as in my daughter and this person and myself we are just um, I mean I'm not like on the floor but I probably maybe had two <laughs> two drinks. So I'm feeling, you know, you know, a little silly. But the next thing I know, she pulls out glitter. So she pulls out this glitter and she starts like, just like, like throwing it all over the kitchen and on me. So I'm like, I'm like covered with glitter, like, like mostly around my head. And, and so I end up, I end up, 
going home that night and like shaking my head actually into the toilet to try to get all of this glitter. And I just wasn't able to, I washed my hair multiple times. I, um, shook my hair. I brushed my hair, did everything I could do to get this glitter out. But there was some remnants of glitter on my head. <clears throat> but yours truly decided to go to jujitsu anyway, which I guess was a bad decision because I had something that was likened to an illness um, going into the gym and going on the mat. So anyway... I was a little nervous even when I was sitting there. I was like, I'm not sure how this is going to go. I mean, I got as much of the glitter off my head as humanly possible. Or so I felt. I mean, the, obviously the glitter is out of my hair now, but like it took a little bit. So I'm I'm rolling with people and, and there was this very young girl. I want to say... I'm not sure. She was between, she was probably 12. She was 12 years old and she and I were friends and she would roll with me and she always beat me. Always. I mean, I can't even describe what it's like to be beat by a 12 year old little girl. <laughs> like that girl, like just, like she was good. She was a powerhouse. She did tournaments and she, this little girl was amazing. And we were friends, but this particular day she walked up and she like whispers in my ear and she says, I want to let you know that everyone is hating on you today. And I think she may have continued on by saying, because you have glitter in your hair. You got glitter on the mat. Okay, and, and I don't even remember anything else that she said, really, after she said, everyone hates you, is hating on you. She t used this term. And I said to her, I said, well, what would you like me to do? Do you want me to leave? And she said, no, it's just that I think you're going to get in trouble with Coach. Well, Coach had already said something to me about it. But Coach had not admonished me on this particular occasion. She did. And I left and it was just the last straw for me. And I, I called the original gym and I told him, and he basically let me know that I I was expecting a phone call from the coach where I live. I was expecting some kind of phone call, some kind of something to, like, I, I don't know. And I never got it, and I told the person at the gym in Phoenix that I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm basically, I am never going back. If he can't see fit to call me and have a conversation with me about this particular situation, um, 
Okay, so here's where where this is. <clears throat> and and these two, the, this is all just kind of all balled up into one little topic for me. It is it is just a different a different mindset. The whole idea of martial arts and it, it's it's a it's more military, more I mean the point is to put someone into a hold to put someone into a chokehold. I mean I mean in some circumstances it's to actually take someone's life. And I understand, you know, you're protecting yourself. I understand and I, you know, maybe some of these moves would become second nature if I ever really needed them, but but I I really couldn't get past that my ultimate was to put somebody in a situation where they were powerless. And Okay, so backing up to Brian Rose, who I followed. I followed him. I, I really, I actually um, applied for a job with him. I wanted to work for him because I wanted to learn more about what he did because I potentially wanted to do that myself. And so I, I actually sent him a, you know, a video and um and and I never heard back from him so I guess maybe I wasn't his cup of tea or also I asked for too much money I may have asked for too much money but I knew that it was London and I was going to need more money and I was also taking care of a home here so I I was like we would be taking care of two households but I really, I really for a long time admired the guy. Like, I just thought he was, he had a lot of attributes that I liked. But in the end, he was, he is part of a system that, that I don't fundamentally agree with. So I started to notice that when I, I nearly always, I, I don't remember ever putting a negative comment on somebody's social media post. I really don't. It, it's not my style. I just don't do that. I, I don't remember ever putting a negative anything on his social media or anything. But I remember people would pounce on me. Like multiple people would pounce on me of his followers. And it was a, it was an, it was, it was a current of alpha male competition. I'm, going to devour you like a wolf 
I am the wolf of Wall Street. I will dominate. I will. <clears throat> so here's the other thing. <laughs> I had I had considered doing his business accelerator. I'm not really sure. Like I and anyway, I participated in a Zoom call. Where I, I'm not sure if it was in that Zoom call or, or. or I, I can't remember exactly when I heard him, but I believe that I heard from the horse's mouth that if you do not take my course, you will fail. And I took that as a challenge. <laughs> I did. I was like, I was like, I took that as a direct challenge. My bratty side came out and I was just like, um, we're going to have to see how this turns out because I, everybody or not everybody, so many have something to sell and, and it's a, it's a few things. It's, Wanting to feed their family, wanting success, wanting the feeling of success, of, of invincibility, of, I mean, I know, I understand what it feels like, but I feel like it's a lot more effective to to have people see something in you that they want to emulate and them coming to you because they want to emulate you. So at some point I ended up, I, I think it was partly because I was getting pounced on and also because he was running for mayor of London and I didn't have any problem with him running for mayor what my problem was was that he was he was following in this footsteps of Trump it seemed to me that he and and the people that he associates like for example Dan Pena were very Trump like oriented they he was their guy and, I, and I'm not sure this is true, but I'm pretty sure it is. And it had a very conservative Republican stance. And when, like, there is so much implication for a person in aligning themselves with a person like Donald Trump. And what's coming out now is just astounding. It seems, you know, I think I heard, and I could have heard this incorrectly. I mean, he took classified documents out of the White House and took them to his home. Boxes and boxes and boxes of classified documents. And I think I heard yesterday that he actually traveled with some of them out of the country. He took some of these, these documents out of the country 
to other countries. I mean, just the implications of that are like quite shocking. And so in some ways, I am incredibly pleased. But I don't, that he's actually, his character, and he is coming to light. Because that has been bothering me ever since he ran for office. It has been bothering me that this guy who defrauded people, who filed for bankruptcy, who assaulted women, was getting away with it. And people loved it. People just soaked it up that women should not have volition over their own body, that he was somehow so special that he could do whatever he wanted with whoever he wanted. He encouraged violence. That man encouraged those people to storm the Capitol. And they had every intention of pulling Mike Pence out and hanging him. I cannot tell you how, how you know, some people are, are starting to say he's going to be indicted. And I just... I can't tell you, I just, he is the quintessential man and men like him, like that align with that kind of thinking, that the end justifies the means, that I can have whatever I want at the expense of whoever, that, that we should be allowed to hunt and devour And I just, I, I just, it's so anti to everything that I believe is good in the world, that is good in character, because I believe in integrity. I believe in camaraderie. I believe in love. I believe in nurturing. I believe in true leadership somebody who's going to actually go into the battle with their people. Not somebody who's going to stand on the sideline. I don't know what happened there. They're trying to say that his secret service wouldn't let him go, but you didn't see Trump at the Capitol. And then his, his followers just got, are going to prison, jail. Some of them are going to prison. Anyway, Sorry about that aside, but I just, I just, so this is part of the reason why I stopped following Brian Roth. I just, I unsubscribed, I unsubscribed from his YouTube. I just, I did not want that. I didn't want that. And millions of followers, and I'm not saying that all of them have his mindset, but a whole lot of people do whole lot of alpha men on our followers on his and I do not believe 
I don't know what he's, he's saying today. I have no idea. I haven't watched him in two years. But here's the thing. He's been sending me emails again, even though I unsubscribed from his station and his emails. So, so he's, he's got this new thing where you can basically, I don't know, I can't quite understand it. And I have opted out of trying to um, figure out what the hell he's talking about with buying into something for his business. Basically, the idea, the, the way that I am interpreting is buying stock in his company. Like, maybe they're not stocks, maybe they're called something else, I don't know what, but, and for $25,000, you can get on an exclusive Zoom with him, or something of that nature, just a mere $25,000. You know, which isn't a lot to all of his followers, right? Because they're all, you know, billionaires now. I'm, I'm being facetious, but it would be, it would be very, very interesting to find out how the people who have done his, his business accelerator courses are actually doing now. Have their businesses actually gone anywhere? I don't know. I, I mean, I really don't know. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean for this to be, uh, I don't normally, but I just like, I, I found astounding. The only thing I can think of is that he just has this like black book, so to speak, of, of emails. Because I did hear him say one time, if you get someone's email, they rarely change their email address. So you have a potential client or potential person forever. Um, when you get their email. So like you funnel um, people into um, and so and so I want to be clear that I do not believe that all men are like this. I don't. I don't. Especially like what I see a lot of young men um, more men of my generation have a lot more of a quote-unquote alpha male um, like personality. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm going to be quiet on this one. Um, but they just, you know, I, I just experienced it. So I know, I know what it feels like and looks like. <clears throat> but not all men are like this, you know, like my dad included. In, in my house, the, there was a real role reversal. It was very, very clear who ran the, ran the show in our house, and it wasn't my dad. Um, but not to emasculate him, because my dad was like the most wonderful um, depiction of maleness that I could have ever gotten. I mean, he, he, he just took care of us. He took care of us and he, he, especially me, he took care of me. I I remember when I was young, like really young, I, I was sick. 
I was a really sick baby and I was sick up until I was about four years old. I just a lot. And they were always giving me these shots, these immunoglobulin shots, like right in my rear end. I remember it. Um, and my dad took care of me when I was sick. I, I would have really high fevers and I would be throwing up and I remember my dad coming in and back then they would rub alcohol on your chest. I'm not, I'm sure that's not a thing they do these days. I mean, I never did that with my children, but it was my dad who took care of me. And then even as I got older, it was my dad. My dad was reliable. He was somebody that I could count on. Like really, truly, the only person in my young life that I could count on. He was the only one in my family. And he was the only male in my family. And so you can imagine coming from that, from like a very nurturing dad who was not, my dad was, I don't know, he was just, like truly, my dad was really a holy man. He was, but he was also a man of principle. Like, I remember my dad lived through the the Reformation and the, in the Catholic church and they would sing this song, almighty fortress is our God, which was a Protestant reformation song. And every time they played that we walked out of church. (laughs) I remember my dad, we would have an entire cart of groceries. And if they ask him for his phone number on a check back, back when we used checks, my dad would leave the the cart of groceries and we'd leave the store. He'd just say, I'm not giving you my phone. <laughs> my dad was kind of embarrassing to shop with because you just never knew what he was gonna do. <laughs> um and so imagine me like like the like okay, so I have this this as an example of maleness, and then I go out into the world, and then like they, these men are not like that. They're not the kind of guy who's gonna, like necessarily open a door for you, open a car door for you. Make sure that you get in at night. My dad knew to the pretty much the second when I got in at night. And so I believe, this is just my belief, but I believe we need more men like that. We need more men like that. That have dignity and integrity and are dependable. The gift of dependability is so underrated. <clears throat> but anyway, 
So this is part of the reason why I quit jujitsu. This is part of the reason why I, I quit London Real. <laughs> why I, I disentangled myself with this type of ideology. Because I, I understand that, that the nature of that, of God, can be formed into the positive and the negative. It was very interesting. You know, I had gone to this event and I was, I was thinking a whole lot about, about that the creative process to the negative. So, okay, so bear with me a second here on this because I got to try to explain it. So the nature of reality as, and when you, when your frequency like goes to a certain pattern, you the waves are closer together and closer together and closer together to almost the point where it's like flatlined in a way. And that's where the unmanifest manifest, the unmanifest becomes manifest. I mean, that is the all in all. But to say that we only reach the all in all through through positive emotion, I'm not entirely sure that that's true. Because you have like a situation like, let's just say Nazi Germany. There's been a whole lot of horrific things that have happened on this planet. But let's just use Nazi Germany. That Hitler had a clear intention and it appeared to have a disdain for for a certain type of person or persons and it may not have just been Jews I don't know what I don't know what I don't know that much I don't believe we know that much about about that particular situation, but clearly in order for him to enact a clear intention to annihilate millions of people, he had to have reached or had to have had some level toward the unmanifest becoming the manifest. And his dream of, I'm not even sure what it is, an Aryan race, I suppose, started off like a train and it took off. And so, and so maybe like in the opposite. So if you have a clear positive intention, a clear negative intention, and both become manifest. 
And so sometimes I sit and I wonder, you know, because I'm always espousing these things, you know, that God is love and God is in everything and God is in every cell. So I cannot exclude that somehow in in the oneness, like 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 I cannot exclude that which is base, like as in and so unloving in that equation. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't, I'm not saying I understand this at all. It's just something that, that I, I think about. Because if you really think about it, there's a whole lot of people that have a whole lot of money. And they didn't get a whole lot of money without, without a clear intention and and focus like the the i mean these people are masters at this craft this craft of accumulation and and it's not always this loving nurturing kind these are core values that I have, but not everybody has that as a core value. Maybe their core value is, I'm going to be rich at all costs. So they were able to manifest their core value. It's just an interesting phenomenon. But anyway... (laughs) On that note, I am going to say thank you. I appreciate you listening. And I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.